Welcome to the World Trade Webcast. I'm Greg Sandler, president of thinkglobal.com, the B2B marketplace for global trade leads. This week on the World Trade Webcast, we're talking with Stephen Koprentz, author of The Small Business Guide to Government Contracts, how to comply with the key rules and regulations and avoid terminated agreements, fines, or worse, published by the American Management Association. Steve's a partner in the law firm of Pete Fish, Immel, Heeb, and Herb, LLP, a small business and government contracts attorney. Steve, let's continue our discussion today by talking about some of the advantages based on current government policy of being classified as a quote unquote small business for contracting purposes. And it's good to, to be back with you uh, on the program, Greg. Um, small businesses uh, have a number of advantages in government contracting. Uh, I think the, the uh, most important advantage is the ability to bid on uh, so-called set-aside contracts, and those contracts are uh, precisely what the name implies. Uh, the government uh, annually will set aside uh, approximately 23% of, of its contracts exclusively uh, for participation by small businesses or various socioeconomic subcategories of small businesses. Uh, if you're not small, you can't bid as a prime contractor on those contracts. So small status uh, allows you to access a part of the government marketplace that you otherwise uh, would not be able to. And so uh, that's probably the biggest advantage of being small. Uh, folks who are, are uh, have one of those various socioeconomic subcategories, such as 8A, uh, hub-zone, women-owned uh, small business or service-disabled veteran-owned small businesses, may be able to uh, receive sole source contracts uh, up to a certain dollar value, sole source being uh, receiving a contract without bidding at all. Uh, and there are some other advantages in terms of uh, certain rules and regulations that large companies may have to follow, such as uh, providing a subcontracting plan uh, that a small business uh, may uh, be exempt from. You, you did just touched on an important point that there, there are certain companies that qualify as quote unquote small. So if you would uh, talk a little bit more about um, how the book uh, discusses the eligibility requirements and delineates you know, who is a small business and who's eligible for small business programs. Yeah, and, and I think that mo many small business owners, uh, they, they know they're small, they feel they're small, and that's the end of the story. Um, as with many things the government does, it's not quite that simple. Uh, there are actually three chapters in the book uh, that discuss uh, size and how to determine whether you're a small business. Uh, at the baseline, um, they're really, uh, two fundamental factors. There's uh, the company size as an independent entity, and that could be either based on its last three years of average annual receipts under its tax returns, or based on its employee count. And this depends on the type of uh, work that the company does, whether it's construction, uh, manufacturing, and so on. Um, and the second piece of the size analysis is the company's relationship with other entities, uh, which the SBA, uh, which uh, has the authority over size issues, calls affiliates. Um, and if a company has an affiliate, uh, that affiliate, uh, that affiliate size is added to uh, the company size in determining whether that company qualifies as a small business. And so it's often the affiliation piece that trips up companies that think they're small, uh, but because of their relationship with other entities, actually in the SBA's eyes, they're not. And, and then finally, uh, there seems to be this acronym soup of small business programs, and, and I don't think we have time today to get into the, the specific definitions of each one, but does the book go into the details of, say, what the difference between HUBZone and 8A is, and, and does it uh, define what these various acronyms actually mean and, and help the small business owner sort of navigate so they can determine whether they may qualify for one of these programs? Yes. 
It does, Greg. Uh, there is one chapter in the book for each of the four major socioeconomic preference programs. Uh, one chapter for 8A, one chapter for HUBZone, one for service disabled better known small businesses, uh, and one for women owned small businesses. And the ch in each chapter uh, on the appropriate program goes into detail about what the requirements are to be eligible. Uh, in some cases, you have to go to the government for a formal certification. Uh, in others, you're actually allowed to self-certify, and especially in the latter case, uh, if you're going to self-certify, you ought to know what you're self-certifying uh, to, and the, the book helps you do that. Thanks, Steve. That's, I think, very helpful for our viewers to know. And that's all the time we have today. We're going to take a short break, and we'll be back again tomorrow with Steve for the third part of our interview uh, discussing small business contracting. For the latest schedule of upcoming Think Global webcast episodes, subscribe to us with any of the links below and bookmark this page. All of our previous episodes can be found online at thinkglobal.com webcast. And thanks for watching.